This episode of the Cloud Accounting Podcast is sponsored by Intuit QuickBooks. Accounting professionals and bookkeepers have long been at the forefront of using cutting-edge technologies to take the profession to the next level and to ensure they're delivering the best possible service to their clients. Whether you want to grow your firm or sharpen your skills, Intuit QuickBooks provides you with the AI-driven products, services, and the resources that you need to help all sides of your career take shape. To learn more about how QuickBooks Online, QuickBooks Online Accountant, QuickBooks Live Bookkeeping, and the Pro Advisor Program can help you grow your practice and scale your impact, head over to Cloud cloudaccountingpodcast.promo forward slash QuickBooks. That is cloudaccountingpodcast.promo forward slash Q-U-I-C-K-B-O-O-K-S. QuickBooks, backing you. Well, we've had a look at our own pricing and we're not charging enough and we're not giving the service and we've got to take our own medicine. Welcome to the Cloud Accounting Podcast. I'm Blake Oliver. I'm David Leary. Michael Palmer, the CEO of Pure Bookkeeping and the host of The Successful Bookkeeper. I'm Michelle Weinstein, the host of the Abundant Accountant Podcast. I'm Heather Townsend, the founder of the Accountants Millionaires Club. Woo! Yeah. We're all here. So welcome, welcome, welcome. We are here. It's our first podcast recording today at QuickBooks Connect 2019. So I brought all of you on because I would go through... Uh, all the speakers and try to figure out what would make a good panel or like what would make a good episode. And all of you are coaches. Now, there's a lot of coaches here at Cooper's Connect, but a lot of them are like small business coaches. But what's special about all of you, you specialize in coaching accountants and bookkeepers. Oh, yes. Some of you focus more on the marketing side. Some of it's more on the process side. So what, what's the number one thing right now accountants and bookkeepers are asking for help with? Well, it's, uh, it's number one in the talk tomorrow, and it is mastering the art of pricing. <laughs> Pricing. It is an art. Mm-hmm. It's an art. It's a long journey as well. Long journey. So is it just creating the price or is it having that pricing conversation? I think that's something you always talk about, right, Michelle? I talk about the conversation, but he's right on because mm. I just had a conversation with someone else. I just told him triple whatever they thought it was. That is, <laughs> I agree with you. I agree Yay, absolutely with okay, you. Good. And I'm that's part I of the journey. It. That's part yeah. of mastering, right? right. Taking those well, steps. Uh, so a little <laughs> show of hands and uh, who is a value pricer here? Are you guys all into value pricing or is it fixed pricing? I think I'm going to jump in here. Yeah. A lot of what we talk about value pricing is not value pricing. Actually, we're talking about, when we say value pricing, we're more talking about fixed fee pricing based around a cost plus margin model. Right. When you're selling tax, actually, and you're doing that on a contingency fee, success fee, that is true value pricing. If you're doing access to funding and you're taking a percentage of the funding, that is true value pricing. But what we're mostly talking about, and a lot of the pricing gurus have gone and put this out, that your value pricing, actually, no, you're just putting up your margins. But the problem is, and I agree with you, the real problem here is we've got a marketplace that is moving from pay by time, charging by time, and now moving to fixed fees. Now, the UK is probably five years ahead of the US. Wow. So I can give you all the kind of where, where do people go wrong, where do they go wrong, but it's still an issue in the UK. Pricing is still an issue. You have a, you have a population of people that typically have underpriced because they needed the work. They didn't have the confidence. They've now got legacy clients, so low fee, low recovery, and they're like, I cannot grow, I cannot do what I need to do because my price is wrong. And it's such a mental game that they have to overcome. Yeah, Yeah, I just literally had this conversation with someone. He has 125 clients paying him like $275 a month. I said, great, they're all going to pay you $899. That means you can get rid of 84 of them if they don't come back. You've got only 40 clients where it is high margin. And now you have time to go and focus on like the real work that you want to do. Because you just don't have... 
you know, and I think a lot of accountants that I come across, they want to double their revenue, but they don't want to increase and improve their mindset. No. And I, I would say that's the number one question I get when people, because I had a bookkeeping practice and people ask, well, how do I charge for bookkeeping services when they're getting started or they're adding it to their firm? And, uh, I mean, it's, it's, I can't, like, how do you answer that question? It's on you the know, Facebook and, groups every day. You see some yeah, posts. Like, yeah. how much I charge for my bookkeeping um, practice? And, and <laughs> you know, of all the people that I've interviewed and, and actually seen get it right, it is a journey that begins with, number one, valuing who you are, number yeah. one. Because it's like you've mentioned, right? It's about their own self-worth. And when you own a small business, it's you. So you're pricing yourself in the beginning. Right. And so the next step is then education. It's like there's so much education out there, but you have to educate yourself. What is pricing? Like, uh, Heather, you were talking about people are misunderstanding what value pricing is. So educate yourself about all the different options that are out there for pricing. That gives you knowledge. Knowledge is power. And then it moves into where you can start to take action. And where I've really seen people win is doing those steps. Value yourself. Educate yourself. Value what you do. And then get help, get mentoring, because you've got to go through some hurdles. You've got to jump right. across the crevasse, mm -hmm. and you need someone to go, hey, you better get jumping. Well, you've got to invest in yourself first before you can have someone else invest in you at a really That's high right. level. Yeah. And um, yeah, one of the other brain, I had a brain date, and she wanted to inc double her revenue, but it's been going the same for the last 15 years. I said, do you typically go and look for a deal and a discount everywhere you go? Because that's her complaint. She's like, yeah. I said, well, until you start buying first class seats and finding the most expensive things, then we're not going to be able to shift the way you think. And then you're not going to attract the right people. Right? It's the law. It's an actual universal law. What is a brain date? I've been doing loads of those. So this is a, a QuickBooks yeah. thing where lots of experts have put themselves up and you can book time. So I've just spent... Oh. Five hours, mostly talking about pricing, actually, around this. Yeah. And, and interestingly, we were finding from our members that their biggest issue was pricing. So we've gone deep into neuroscience. Mm -hmm. We've gone deep into pricing, mm -hmm. behavioral economics. We've looked at the most up-to-date IP. Our book, Pricing with Confidence, we quietly put on Amazon last week. And we've literally taken... Um, because it is. It starts with your mind. Right. It, it's all about overcoming fear. It's everything and your, and your brain is trying to keep you where you are to avoid having those difficult conversations. Because after all, if you put up your price, you're going to lose the whole of your firm, aren't you? And this is the sort of fear that we put in our minds. Yeah. And actually, when it comes to pricing, you have to win the inner game in your mind first. And yeah. only then Agreed. do you need to go to your growth plans and your profit margins and, and all of this sort of stuff and your sales process so that you can actually demonstrate the value as you go through the process. So I'm all set, right? I'm, I'm mentally there. I've trained myself. I've been working out. I'm ready to raise my prices. How do I go and have that conversation with a client I've been charging $250 to yeah. a month? Okay, you're going to pay me $899 now. Like, how does that conversation even start? And I, I, just to tag on to what you said, David, that was always my biggest challenge when I was in practice. It wasn't necessarily the new clients coming in the door because I could change my pricing and I'm having a new conversation, but it was the ones that I'd had forever, right? right? The, and I, I felt this like just fear of having that conversation mm -hmm. with them. And, and sometimes it would go on for so long that I, to really bring them up to market rate, I'd have to like double the price, triple the price. And I think there's a, there's a couple of things here. Is The first thing is to understand what you should be charging them. Yeah. Then you need to put yourself in their shoes. Yeah. You know, If someone turned around to you and said, Blake, look, what I've been doing for you, I'm going to charge you three times as much. You'd go, uh. So this is about demonstrating your value, justification for it, and a classic line, and anybody that's listening, write this one down. 
it's basically along the lines of, you know how we always tell you to value what you're worth? Well, we've had a look at our own pricing and we're not charging enough and we're not giving the service and we've got to take our own medicine. Most mm-hmm. clients don't actually complain with something of those lines. But it's if you're delivering a great client service, you shouldn't be afraid of this conversation. But it's all about the scale of it. And it's one of the things is there's a lot of brain-based stuff about biases that goes on. And it's all about the contrast. So it's about how can you contrast the increase? Is it just, an, is it just the equivalent of a cup of Starbucks each day? That doesn't sound a lot, does it? Mm-hmm. But when you actually look at that, a cup of Starbucks, potentially with a coffee, and if you're in the US, because it's almost double what we are in the UK, that's five times 30. That's $150 a month. But it's just an extra cup of Starbucks each day. And this is about contrasting it with the value that you're giving them. How much is that peace of mind worth? How much did you reduce your tax bill? How much have you actually been calling us because you've got these queries around your books? You know, this is why we have to raise it so we can carry on giving you that service. But if I'm hearing Michelle and earlier about this, like you can't give your clients peace of mind because if, if you're taking on too many clients at a cheap price, if you don't charge enough, you'll never have the free time to actually give your clients true value. Well, and that's what was happening with the woman who I met with at our brain date. It was that exact problem. And she's at capacity. Well, in addition to that, I've had a couple clients where I said, why don't you take an inventory as to really how much time you've invested in this client, especially the long-term ones, Blake, because those are the ones that are actually making you lose money. Do an inventory on that, and I bet you if you go look at your few clients that have been the legacy clients, you're actually losing money on them because you answer the most Mm -hmm. emails, you talk to them the most, they pay you the least, and then you can go back to them and say, you know what, I'm not a nonprofit, and do what you just said, and say, look, I... I help you make a lot of money, and unfortunately, this is now at a loss on my books, and I can't, no, I can no longer go at a loss. And that's what I've seen. A lot of the people I've worked with are running a lot of their older clients at a loss. So find someone to buy the buy that piece of business, so you can right. focus, triple your rates. That's my other go-to. Yeah. Um, you know, but I think like you were saying, it's all about the mindset work and and really understanding your value and a lot of accounting professionals I've worked with, they went and got extra education, they've gotten a master's in tax, and they're not applying that knowledge to their pricing. Yeah. So I, I, why does a P, you know, why does a brain surgeon charge a lot of money when, you know, I love my accountants I work with. They have CPAs, MBAs, masters in tax, they're like doctorates, PhDs, and I'm like but you're charging what a personal trainer charges. You know, no, nothing against personal trainer. I used to be one. But the brain surgeon, you're not going to leave there without paying at least a million. So. And, and full, <laughs> full stop, yeah. your business needs to do this. Otherwise, your business will cease to exist. Correct. And think about it. If you're not doing it, your competitor will because they're the ones that are going to deliver the value that your client needs and have the capacity... Because what we're talking about here is when we're talking about giving value, it's about capacity. And one of the ways to get capacity is to remove clients. And sometimes losing clients is a a really great thing because if you're removing those clients that don't see you as valuable, but you're getting new clients that do see you as valuable and willing to pay you, well, that's good for business. And so coming back, David, to your question is, well, how do you do it? 
you just have to do it and you have a conversation. It. And it's, I think it's a conversation where you show value first, like Heather, mm -hmm. really great, right? Show value, help them see how valuable you are, then have that conversation. And put yourself in their shoes, or in their shoes, like Heather was saying too, is really important because you have to, I talk about like how Heather and I are sitting next to each other, I always put in my mind, how am I sitting next to them and how would I want to be treated in this situation? Because the girl that does my social media, she uh, increased the prices, but you know, there was justification. I don't have to tell her what's in my head. She knows me very well now. <laughs> and, and I think a lot of this comes down to time. Mm. The first thing we do in our model to help our clients grow their firm is not a growth plan, is how are you going to find the time for headspace? And we have to remember that most people talking about pricing are at capacity. And actually, it's not about going what my prices should be. It's about how do I find three hours extra each week for the next month in order to have the time to really think about this stuff? Right. Because we, you know, everybody listening to us here is a busy professional who are awesome at what they do. And actually, you know, how do you get that time? Well, if you're in the UK, you could sell that block of unprofitable fees for one times multiply. If you wanted to get paid in two blocks, you know, to pay two, you'd get a one times multiply. So you got, say, £50,000, so about $60,000. Um, you could literally go to a broker and say, I want to sell these. Within six months, you'd have £30,000 in your pocket. A year later, you'd hopefully have the rest of the 30000 mm -hmm. And you would free up the capacity. And, and actually, that 30000 will pay for somebody, maybe a part-time employee, to come in to take stuff off you so you can then put the pricing in and sort this out because we forget if you've got 100 clients you potentially got 100 mm. conversations that's so. the problem no mm. I just want to call out something you said I apologize for interrupting but like when we think of our capacity in terms of $2,000 a year we tend to fill it all the way up yeah. right and we don't leave any room for improvement and, and or uh, health or health or yeah, <laughs> yeah. sales that's and marketing that's a big thing for us yeah. and so Tell me what you think about this. I like to think of capacity in terms, not of hours, but in terms of relationships. How many clients uh, at different service levels could I actually talk to enough to make them feel cared for? It's not because the work that we do these days is becoming so automated that I, that's not what takes up my time, right? It's the emails, the phone calls, the meetings, and, and just like being able to stay on top of... Uh, relationships like like think of, I think of it like a classroom right mm. like a teacher at a certain point the classroom gets too big cannot possibly know all the students and maybe we should think about capacity that way huh? yeah and I think the problem is is that say particularly when you're growing is you've got too busy personally and you've got to make sure that you're less chargeable but by coming less chargeable that's a revenue hit right. and you go can't do that and one of the hardest things of growth is about the identity change you are no longer the doer. You're no longer the most important person there. And you're no longer, your value is no longer about how many chargeable hours you do. And that's one of the really, really hard things. Because for everybody that's been in practice, what do they get? What do they give themselves a dopamine hit? What is about the things they're doing well? It's about how much I put on my timesheet that I've personally built. Mm -hmm. And we're trying to tell people that, no, it's not about what you personally bill anymore. It's about actually what we do in the round. It's about you being able to take back eight hours a day, sorry, eight hours a week in order to grow your firm. That's right. And this is part of the problem. It's that identity change. It's that, and actually it's the physical tactical stuff of, if I've got so much stuff, how do I move stuff on? We micromanage. Accountants are brilliant micromanagers. What are we going to delegate? Mm. What are we potentially going to outsource? You know, when it, when it comes to freeing up time in the UK, we, we have the hot buttons of what are you going to outsource? 
whether that's outsourcing marketing, whether that's outsourcing uh, what we would call year-end accounts, uh, tax returns, are you going to outsource that? Are you going to sell a block of fees so that you get the capacity back and the thinking time? Because you sure as hell are probably not going to uns- you're not going to sell the profitable ones. So yeah, you're going to have a slight cash flow, but that'll be whatever. Or what are you going to delegate? And those are the quick things that you have to do. Yeah, I think capacity is an exciting thing to work on because <laughs> not only what are you going to fill the capacity with? It's not just you know having time to work uh, on getting paid more for the work that you do, the valuable work that you do, but your own personal life, the things that you do. But uh, one of one of our guests on the Successful Bookkeeper podcast was Joe Woodard. And he, he talked about getting eight, uh, 20% capacity, increase your own capacity every 90 days. If you played that game, mm-hmm. if you actually played the game of getting 20% capacity, more capacity every 90 days, well, what would you do with that? Well, it's work on mastering the art of pricing like we're talking about. It's working on figuring out how to become more efficient, outsource, delegate. Uh, And one of the things we do at Pure Bookkeeping is how do you provide standard operating procedures and processes that actually has your business run more efficiently? And this stuff is not easy to do. It takes work. It takes time. Right? It takes commitment. But the payoff, long run, long game, the payoff is that you have a firm that actually runs itself. And you have a firm that gives you what you want. Like that's the question, right? What is? Why are you in business? What are you trying to achieve? What's and that end game look the, like? That's the most important part. It's an incredibly important part. I call everyone that owns their own business an accountingpreneur. And if you're going to be an accountingpreneur, guess what? You, there's no one telling you what to do. And I know that from a lot of the people I've worked with, it wasn't ever like taught the sales stuff and capacity and the mindset and all that. And you just have to do it. But most of the people I work with don't go on vacations. So that's the thing that I really focus on is if you're going to have capacity, also make capacity for leaving. And, you know, one of my accountants, I think he did 350,000 in revenue extra in the last year and a half. And now he goes on a trip with his family like every six to three three to six months. But how does somebody actually get any capacity to take that next step to start building capacity out because you have to, if you don't if you don't if you know you need to make processes everybody's every day like oh, I got to create a process I see standardized process and you never do it and weeks and weeks and weeks go by oh I need to have conversations with my clients about building weeks and weeks and weeks go by like what's that very like somebody listening to this podcast tomorrow can build themselves an extra hour in their day like, what do they have to I've do got a, time blocking I've got a yeah. cap, well definitely time blocking where you have a default diary that says right these are the things I have to do and they will happen on this day yeah. This is, I will put out this amount of time. And interestingly, we had someone that just joined the club and they spoke to us about joining in February. It's now November. And they were going to do this and this and this and then join. They didn't when do we, any of that. Yeah, you're absolutely they, right. They did that incorrectly. They should have joined first. Yeah. And, and I think, and, and, and I know we're yeah. coaches and I know this is yeah. our mantra, yeah. but most accountants have got comfortable being uncomfortable. And actually we need to challenge the status quo. So that means you've got to tap into your why. Mm-hmm. Why are you doing this? Why now? For most people, I've, I've had about three, four brain dates today talking about increasing pricing. And I asked one lady, why now? You've, you've been thinking been about this for, for two years. years. Why now? <laughs> and she said, my husband has got sick and he can't drive anymore, which means I'm fridge filler, taxi driver and an American. So that means you can't walk anywhere right. for my two kids. And they're telling me I'm working too hard. Mm. So that's why. And you've got to connect into what is my big driver that's going to take me through the fact that I'm comfortably uncomfortable. We have a phrase in the UK called BMW, which is a car. 
and I'm going to do the polite version of it, where we as accountants, we belly ache, we moan and we whinge, and that's our norm. <laughs> that's good. I've never, never been on the YouTube. <laughs> but, but I think that's a huge point of it too. But here's the other point. Like, if you're an accountingpreneur, you signed up for this journey. So you get to stay up two extra hours later and sacrifice a short amount of time to have the upside that you want in the future. So maybe less, so, net, net, l- l- so less it's, Netflix. It's less Netflix. It's less, it's, you have to cut somewhere in order to gain, yeah. right? It's a short-term sacrifice for a long-term payoff. Here's a liberating concept. I love this concept. And it's from a book called The One Thing. Uh, a fantastic, right? So where am I going with it? The One Thing. What is the one thing that you're going to focus on that's actually going to make when we connect back to the why, as you're both saying, you connect back to the why, well, what's the one focus thing you're gonna focus on? And in the book, one of the concepts is, well, do you drop everything? No, you just start focusing on that that's most important. Yeah. So if pricing is one of the things that you've been talking about wanting to do, make that the focus and let that happen. And the other piece is that people say, oh, look at that person. They've got all the pricing figured out. They've figured their business out. They're so disciplined. They're absolutely amazingly disciplined. No, they're only tiny, tiny bit more disciplined. It's that they just had enough energy, enough discipline energy to actually get the habit together to do the things that are just a little bit better than the average. Right. And that actually has them compete on such a high, high level. So if you're going to take uh, anything from that is... Uh, stop beating up on yourself for not doing something. Focus on, well, what's the one thing you're going to do next week? And, and just focus on that. Let everything else fall to the wayside and see what happens. It'll change your life. So on that note, we should let our listeners stop and they can go do their next step in building some capacity. So yes. what's the best way to get a hold of you, Michael, if people want to learn more? Go to thesuccessfulbookkeeper.com and start listening to the podcast. All right. Michelle? Uh, theabundantaccountant.com. Heather Townsend, come to my website, www.accountantsmillionaire.club. All right. And that'll all be in the show notes. You guys can uh, drill down and click on it. Awesome. Thank you all so Thank much you for your time. Thank you for having us. That was so fun. Thank you. Bye. Bye.